0: Hey,
1: it's Mistress Carrie, reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 35 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Digital Federal Credit Union, better known to all of us as DCU. And we all know that every dollar counts, especially right now. And DCU understands that. And they've got great ways to help your money work harder for you. Like if you love your car, but not your current auto loan. You can refinance it with DCU, and they could put you back in the driver's seat with a lower monthly payment. They offer the same low rates to their members for new and used vehicles. And you can find out what DCU could mean to you and your current auto loan when you refinance with them. Just visit DCU.org for more information. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by MistressCarrie.com, which is the center of my universe now. It's got everything. Every episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast and all of the features of it. The weekly full-length episodes that you get every Wednesday. Monday through Friday, you get the sit rep, which is all of your rock news, music headlines, and industry info in less than five minutes. And when we have a guest live on Cocktails in the War Room, We always put those interviews up as after-action reports on the podcast, too. And speaking of cocktails in the war room, all 116 episodes are up on the website as well. But that's not the only stuff that's on the website. The events calendar is up there, which is filled right now with bands streaming concerts. I mean, if they're the only concerts we're going to get, then let's watch them. Plus, my photo galleries are there, which are growing every day. And my blog is there as well. But you can also check out the Mistress Carrie online store that's filled with awesome merchandise like T-shirts, hoodies, beanies, and everything to outfit your awesome new home office. Coffee mugs, mouse pads, pens, whatever it is that you need. Just go to MistressCarrie.com. And while you're there, click the link in the top right-hand corner and get yourself a Mistress Carrie backstage pass on Patreon. Okay, this episode of the podcast, if you're a drummer, you better buckle up, Buttercup, and get ready because there's only one Mike Mangini and we talked about everything. Mike Mangini is the drummer for Dream Theater. But he's done a lot. He's been the drummer for Extreme and Steve Vai. He's been a professor at the Berklee College of Music and was certified as the world's fastest drummer. He's one of the greatest drummers in the world. And I really wanted the chance in this episode to kind of climb in his brain and figure out how it works and how he's able to play the rhythms and the drum parts that he's able to do because I can't even imagine it. So he hooked up inside his own home studio and jumped behind the kit and he actually talked me through how he does some of this stuff. Plus he gave me a ton of great insight about the songwriting process with his band Dream Theater and gave me a few little nuggets on the upcoming record. But We talked about all kinds of stuff, and he told me some great old stories. I've known him for over 25 years, and I am honored to call him a friend. And even if you're not a drummer, you're going to be amazed. So allow me to introduce you to Mike Mangini from Dream Theater.
0: And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. And you're listening to the one, the only Mistress Carrie.
2: Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed. You're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. This is Marilyn
0: Manson. And you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie.
2: Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis
0: Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour. And you're listening to. You have the privilege of listening to. Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Technology, Mr. Mangini. You're
1: you're on the record now, baby. You're on the record.
2: (laughs) How are you? I am well um, set up in my whole new world, which doesn't include an airplane. And it's been it's been almost oh gosh three quarters of a year just getting things right and you know ugh, crazy so i'm in
1: your studio yep and you're now in my new studio welcome to mchq
2: yes it looks tremendous i love your logo and you're sporting a fantastic uh that's a sure sm7 isn't it or it something? is oh
1: come on now i well, didn't I... get one i got four <laughs>
2: Uh, no wonder why you they see. didn't have any left for me. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> when I started building the studio shortly after COVID became what it has been, uh, getting gear was really hard because every radio DJ, television person, musician, everybody started building a home studio. And thankfully, I had, you know, I, I was um, unemployed and locked down before it was cool.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so AAF
1: went off the air, and I I had a couple weeks jump on everybody else, so I was able to get the good microphones and the good cables and build the studio before everybody else put a
2: run on all the gear. Well, that doesn't surprise me, given the condition uh, early when we met, because it was uh, it was a Vi show you would come to, I believe. I think it was on Lansdowne Street, and we 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 talked, and we were we were discussing. Um, what it takes to get up and go and get things done. I'll never forget it. And we've had more discussions like that about, you know, not sitting around, but just get up and just get your stuff done and work hard.
1: Well, that's been what, over 25 years since you oh. and I met? I think I was yeah. on the AAF street team. I don't even think I was yes. on the air when you and I
2: met. That is correct. But you were out there hustling and I was—I mentioned something and we talked about it. We're like, yeah, you, you gotta, you have to do the extra work. Do you attribute that to
1: the fact that we're both massholes? is it something about being from massachusetts that gives you this ridiculous overactive work ethic and drive what is it
2: it's absolutely that. It's an east coast thing plus don't forget we're hardwired italians and we say things that we think out of love you know we just speak and think <laughs> i'm just going to say what i think how i think it and good gosh, the world just doesn't work that way. I had to yeah. learn the hard way. Right? There are yeah. some things where it's like, oh, boy. maybe you shouldn't have said
1: that out yep. loud. But yeah, it is my. it is funny, and it comes up a lot in the podcast about, um, you know, just finding something that is putting a barricade in front of where you're trying to go yeah. and figuring a way to get through it, over it, around it, under it, what, whatever it takes, and that... This is, I forget who it was and I I wish I could remember, but somebody on the podcast said if COVID, if you don't come out of it, a better person, smarter with a new skill, a new something, then you didn't take the opportunity that it's affording you in that it's slowing your life down, giving you more downtime to be able to tackle something else that maybe you never had time to do.
2: Yes, and uh, um, it's, it's, a, it's a positive thing. You know, unfortunately, there are parameters out of our control, but with things that are in our control, that's exactly right.
1: You know, that, that, you, that you find a way, like for me, when the world, quote-unquote, goes back to normal, mm-hmm. whenever that is, I don't get to do that because my normal left a few weeks before COVID that WAF is gone after 50 years. And so I'm trying to figure out what my life is gonna be like post COVID. You know, you can't wait to put out a new record, get back out on the road. You got all of this stuff that you're doing with me. I'm trying to figure it all out right now. It's weird.
2: Yeah, well, you're not alone. Um, We could go on on this. We could go off on this as it applies to so many different types of jobs uh, that are gone. Um, and as far as what I do, we don't know anything. I mean, how do you, how do you give a concert in a specific venue for what? A quarter of the people you can't. So I I can't even think about it right now. I'm not going to think about it. We don't even have to go there (laughs) because, because even what we come up with, what we think, what we feel, what we view, it doesn't have anything to do with what's going to happen anyway, except that we can prepare, we can talk and we can prepare.
1: The last time you and I sat down with microphones in front of us, you came to the WAF studio because Dream Theater was in town Mm -hmm. and we built you a drum set out of everything but drums. Mm -hmm. That video is the most viewed video that WAF ever made. It's well over a million views and counting of people watching Mike Mangini play a suitcase, and sheet metal and trash can lids and to do drum solos.
2: Yeah, you know, that's amazing and the other thing is that when I when I viewed it to see how it came out, all I could think of is about myself was I'm looking at myself going, "Can't you like dress correctly and like have your hair right and People don't like the Patriots. You got a Patriots. Ch- I love that to, you are a Patriots. Like, I know. I was, just, That's it the was best. look. At it. just. I showed up as if you and I were hanging out. That's yeah. what I did. That's just me. The, you know, I wouldn't try to look any different than I normally would look. Uh, I don't know. I'm not very good at. Th- I'm not a good rock star. I tell you that.
1: Well, it, I knew that the video was going to take off because you are such a prolific drummer, and in drum circles there you know there are people that love music and know who dream theater is and and then individually the members of your band yeah. are also standalone amazing musicians and at the top of their craft for every instrument that makes up that band including yourself so i knew once drum people got a hold of that video they were going to be like he did what <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh it was so much fun and sean and uh Worm did such a great job building that drum set oh setting that up yeah it's yeah. so CN- awesome Lb in there was fantastic too it's been a long time i know right last time i ran into him i was oh my gosh i was uh i was oh, woof. it was way a long time ago but i was in a, a grocery store in um near where aif used to be and i forget which one it was but he saw me and he just practically like, you know, goes right right through the bag person and picks me up, <laughs> like grabs me. That's <laughs> like all right. Uh, His but- <laughs>
1: hands are so big for anybody yeah, that's listening that doesn't know who we're talking about. We're talking about Lyndon Byers, who right. was a professional hockey player on the Boston Bruins for years and also a DJ at my old radio station, W A F. His hands were so big and powerful that when he grabbed you, it was like two hams were grabbing you. Like they just, it's its not normal the size of his hands.
2: It's now, crazy. You know what's really even more not normal? So how many times did I go out with him in the town? All right, let's, let's just say a, a good handful of times. We were out and about, okay? And a few times... Is, it was the two of us. He goes, oh, I got the limo. I'm going to get you. Like, oh, I'll meet you at Stevie's. Let's go. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I joke. Who, what is it about guys? I know like we're nuts, but like people would mess with him. They would you know, have too much to drink or whatever. And there I am with him. I'm like. Not a good wingman. <laughs> to be kidding me. Like, I, and, I'm, and I'm like, can you just like. Why do you have to challenge one of the toughest guys in the NHL? Just, just please, just leave, just say hi, get him out of there. leave him alone. <laughs> Don't I attribute drag it me in to it. people that
1: look at Everest ah, and want to climb it. It's, it's like unreal. if you think you're a tough guy, in his day, LB was the toughest guy in the NHL, yeah. and he made a living fighting on ice skates. So how do you think he's going to be when he's flat-footed? in sneakers he's gonna be better
2: it's out it's and outrageous and people would
1: try oh. to fight him and it's like do you do you not understand
2: what it's gonna feel like getting hit by a ham it's to break you. it'll just kill you it's just like yeah it's so but i was like i don't get it and I'm there, and i'm trying to be sane, and it was just like you were out and just i don't know what it is but yeah anyway, it used
1: to happen all the time it was crazy
2: yeah well i've witnessed it i've had to I just I, the funniest one. It's like he exploded like six people. Like they, it was a, it was like a hornet's nest that got kicked open <laughs> and all the hornets went flying out. I'm sitting there going, no, you know, and I grab, <laughs> I go, what are you doing? Just, just watch television. Come and for on. a guy like
1: that, he'll break a bone in his hand or uh, something and it's just LB. He wouldn't even care. But you uh, make a living off of being in, in being able yeah. to be in top physical health because of what you do. So it's like, Please don't break my hands.
2: <laughs> oh, no. anyway, so it was it was it was it was great to see him. Oh my gosh! And that and that episode was a, was a blast. And uh, you know, th- there you go. And
1: so when you came up to play that crazy drum set we built for you, yeah. One of the things I asked you to do was to play recognizable drum parts from some of the greats. Yes. And yeah, 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 since yeah, yeah. you and I were together, we lost one of those greats in Neil Peart, and oh, I haven't God, spoken I know. to you since then and it's been a year already that he's been gone
2: yeah it's uh just about just about it's a it's a heart-wrenching thing you know learning from somebody you know and um uh the amount of influence that he had on me was profound uh yeah i remember Different moments in my life, for example, remember the Columbia Record Club? You could order yes. all kinds of records for a penny, or well, you yes. thought it was a penny, <laughs> and then so, they got you
1: with the shipping and handling charges. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I was like, handling? What's that? Why is it one million dollars? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I, I did the Columbia Record Club, and uh, I, I don't even remember how old I was—sixteen, 16, 15, I, I don't know, but um, I was. I had to have been 16 because I was in Cape Cod. At um, uh, I, My family had a place there while I was still in high school for a little while. But anyway, I ordered it and I got I ordered the Rush of Farewell to King's album. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't even have like proper headphones or whatever. I had two car speakers that I would put on my bed to to listen to music just the way I wanted to hear it. You know, and I wired him up, hooked him up. I put that album on and I I can still picture myself at at that moment. And so it was it was quite profound. Plus, what's I'll, I'll be specific, what he did that was so amazing to me is because I was in school band, you know, and like you play. Nobody wants to play the glockenspiel, the bells. And yeah, we, I did the uh, the marching band for the football team that was fun me too i was a marching band member too yeah all all kinds of fun but but neil made those percussion instruments cool he made them cool and he used the the greatest instrument in history uh i think it was on um, cinderella man He, he used a vibra slap i'm like what is a vibra-slap I would never forget I'm reading the back of the LP record I would just keep reading it over and over and look at the 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 two pictures that were there like 35,000 times and um (laughs) so I'm like what is that and when I got back to the school band they had a vibra-slap (laughs) I just sat there and hit it like 800 times anyway so it was profound and yeah and a lot of people
1: obviously know him as just being this amazing drummer But all of these stories come out about just what an unbelievable intellectual he was when it came to music in general.
2: Well, I'm glad you said that because that's what what I was going to go to was um, to speak about his soul permeating these different things and coming out the same, whether it was the bicycle riding or the motorcycle riding or whatever it is that he did. His, his car collecting. It didn't matter from from what I understood. I never I never met him and I never intruded on him. Um, the opportunity was there. Well, I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't and I couldn't. I don't it's know. Like
1: I, I can't go and bother God right now. I I'm just, just like, going to
2: be over here. It's just something. I just don't do that. Um, but yeah, did I want to? Yes, but I, I didn't. So, um, but he... he permeated that solo has permeated these things and so came out like that no matter what he did his lyrics uh and of course his drumming
1: i talked to kevin martin from candlebox and those guys toured with rush in Uh the 90s and one of the things that kevin talked about was that neil would watch the band's set as the opener every night and then he would give them constructive criticism on how to structure their set better and and how to move the songs around and Kevin was like, and he was right. With everything he said, he was he was right. And th- these are not things, when you talk about the lyricists or whatever, no disrespect, but they're not usually the things you hear from the drummer of the band.
2: Just, you know what? It's interesting because that whole set list thing, since, I, I get it. I, I, I'm not surprised. Not only that he did that, and I am not surprised that he was right. Uh, because that's the thing that, when I discuss stuff with with drummers that you don't is not maybe something you do a magazine article about. So it's funny you'd bring this up Vegas is great. Because those are the kinds of things that yeah, we do talk about it's like there's a feel to it. It's just like constructing a drum part. There's something about doing this as a as a skill that has parameters and protocols that are beyond our intellect, maybe and they are they are there. And we know that they are there. And we sense whether we're doing it right or not, but it's a drummer thing, too. And I, I, I miss doing that. I miss putting the sets together. Absolutely.
1: When you put a set together, because anybody that's ever seen Dream Theater, and if you haven't, um, there's plenty of video footage out there, you playing that yeah. insane kid. Yeah. But on one hand, I would think as a drummer, you would like to sequence the set to give yourself some downtime to physically recuperate. And then on the other hand, you've got to go with what's best for the music
2: well that's the thing is with that band i i don't get to do that i don't get to you know make an order to the set list um one of the reasons is that the switching of guitars is a major operation so key signatures uh dictate more of of how the songs go from one another at times like it, it limits the database uh, that never was the case in any other band I was in it was it was more oh that's that this is the this is the feeling that we need right now and the energy that we need right now I never considered because the other bands the guitarist had a guitar may maybe changed once if it was a different tuning but you know Petrucci has a he has a a cabinet with him, a, a, you know, it's just like an enoir, a mile long full of guitars with the with the different tunings, and you has you got to have two of each because if one breaks, you need the spare. So it's a whole event, and he does it. So, when's yeah. the
1: last time you guys played live together?
2: Uh, it was when we filmed the night before, we, the day after we filmed the DVD that we released, Distant Memories. Um, it was in Scotland. It would would have been. The, the last February, the last few days in February or the first couple in March, I don't remember, but call it March 1st. Whenever, whenever the lockdown happened, basically I flew home um, when people were running around the airport in London Heathrow, scurrying with masks on and avoiding each other and just running and getting, trying to get out of there.
1: And then you come home and at that point. Yeah. Nobody really, like, big tours hadn't yet been canceled because people really didn't know Mm -hmm. what what the future was going to be like. And for a guy like you that is always moving, always doing something, um, you have been home doing something you haven't had a chance to do in a long time, which is slow your life down and domesticate yourself for a while. How has that been for you?
2: Well, let me... Let me make a, a long list of the good things. Because the worst thing uh, is that feeling when you lose your job. Oh, right? I know that feeling. It is scary. Yeah, it's really and scary. And when you don't see any uh, light at the end of the tunnel every now and then or at 3 o'clock in the morning, it is not a pleasant ex- existence. Yeah. But um, all the good stuff. So there were many, many things that I have uh, I put off, you know. For example... People have been asking for my rhythm knowledge books, which I published in the late 90s. And uh, I took them off the market, I don't know, like several years ago and just didn't feel like, oh, well, you know, next month I'll, I'll sell them. You know, I'll, I'll put a PayPal button on the website or have someone do it and I'll sell them. Don't worry, everybody. All right, nine, eight, nine years later, here they are. You know, so it's like, firstly, what's important is that my health, as far as my health is concerned, all of the bones the dislocations the tendons that are just destroyed just all of that whatever busted in me has had a chance to heal um and it is pretty strange <laughs> like to wow. feel good right yeah, yeah and i'm like well i'm glad i didn't well I'm, i listened to this team of doctors and I did, i did not get that You know, surgery on the wrist. I didn't get that surgery on the collarbone. I didn't get the surgery on the arm. It's all these things, and they weren't drumming injuries, by the way. Not a single one has to do with drums. They were all yard injuries.
1: (laughs) Bizarre gardening accidents. How spinal tap of
2: you? They were bizarre gardening accidents. I'm telling you, I I ripped my rib cage right in half three days before. Two uh, of the the most touring I I ever have done, like. Right in a row it was two years, and I my rib cage was split in the middle. This thing, this bone, I forget what it's called. The zo- the zoifoid. It has a really funny name, like the zyphoid process or Zigfried process, <laughs> and it's it's a separate bone. It's like angled over. It's not right. My ribs aren't right. This rib was anyway. So all that stuff had a chance to heal. Um, my my diet changed. I've always eaten well, but you know what? When in Italy. I mean, really, how you are know, you going to how are you going to say no? I was eating blocks of Parmesan cheese and, <laughs> you know, wine, wine, wine like it was just Hawaiian punch from, you know, fifth grade. I dream just of just so winning delicious. Powerball
1: so I could just eat my way through Italy. It's <laughs> all I, I want to do. I just want to eat my way yeah. through Italy.
2: Yeah. So uh, my body healed and My my diet changed. Um, my sleep changed uh drastically actually of a decade of you know four and a half hours get up and fly or go sleep on the plane yeah right great that doesn't work it just and, and then go play for three hours and burn whatever 1500 calories or whatever it is and be the best every night when someone paid for that ticket i wanted i do want to give them the best and it's like Wow. <laughs> you know, it's, this is a, a big sacrifice to be healthy. But anyway, so my health, I, well, let's see, what what did I do? Well, <clears throat> I built this whole studio thing that I have, meaning I have an area uh, where I do the bulk of my practicing on pads that is a simulated tiny little you know, pads so they don't take up much room and they don't make any noise and I can do my micromanagement there for my hands and feet, which is really important. Um, It preserves the drum heads here because on this big drum set, this, um, well, I had to learn a different level of audio engineering, I had to learn video software, I had to learn about filming and lighting, because I'll tell you what, right now, you know, you're seeing things work, but if I it took me three weeks to get the lights in the right place. Cause it kept, I would film one thing and I'd have to throw it out and it was infuriating. And then the software wasn't quite working and would glitch. And I had it to gives mo- you a newfound respect for the it people was, that
1: have always been there to help you do this stuff. Right? Yeah. Like with me, the radio engineers, oh, yeah. the it people, the
2: web people, I miss Unbelievable. them so much. So to give you the short list, um, so I, I had to reconfigure this entire drum set and I have a whole separate Pro Tools rig and computer just to manage this sound so that when it goes into the, the computer I'm speaking to you on <clears throat> that one that CPU can manage the video part and whatever's happening online. Well, this other CPU can manage the audio because otherwise the whole thing would crunch. It would be really bad. And you don't know those things like, well, I'm going to hook up my computer and I'm going to do podcasts. I'm going to do this. I'm going to like do Zoom Not as easy as you think it's going to be. Yeah, no problem. So then when you spoke about, uh, so i got to talk about the cameras and getting the equipment like before or after people and how that happened. But I I did the kit um, and the, the whole video thing went through like three months of Changes and I, I ended up with this incredible switching system, and that again it processes it out and off the computer. So I can I can change the angle right now and give you picture and picture, and I have amazing an amazing angle from the top, which I I can go through. But um, again, getting get just getting that camera in the right place to hold and getting the stuff, the wires to reach it, just to get the proper wiring. It's like ah. You know uh so there's that i have another um a smaller drum kit that i'm going to start to do some classes from i can relate to people a little better on that i think so at the studio going i'm doing the zoom classes i had um a web person configure that and integrate it so i could uh, you know announce a class it would go to my website people could register they can pay a certain way all that took some time I trademarked my name, it's officially trademarked. I have a logo. That didn't take 10 minutes. I, um, I
1: understand that, like these things take time.
2: Yep, I did um, it, Zoom classes. I have the books up and running. I, I made a store. I actually did a lot of the, um, the web building myself for the store uh, to learn it. it. It's like, okay, so the initial thing was I, I, I made a couple of contacts army I mean, uh, uh, there's one guy who helped me with one thing, couldn't do it. He, you know, threw me to someone else, and I'm like, "Hey, I just I need you for an hour to answer some questions." Okay, well, I said, "Well, hold on a minute. This is five weeks later, <laughs> and I just launched it today. Five weeks or something." <laughs> like,
1: it took me months to build MistressCarrie.com yeah. because. Yeah. You want everything to look right. You you. It's yeah. got to look right on web versus, I mean, on your phone versus on a computer and a tablet. You want the user experience to be good. Getting a store up and running where you can actually navigate the e-commerce part of it. I mean, it's, I have so un, much respect for people that are experts in this field.
2: I know. And, um, you know, I, I haven't done um, any one thing completely by myself except for all of the 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 engineering and wiring here which was a learning experience plus i had to have the whole internet thing changed you know so i got the gigabit and um you know those guys are
1: working overtime installing uh, internet like high speed business internet into basically everyone's
2: houses this yeah. year well yeah and then now everyone on the street has it and so <laughs> I, you know my my signal like well i'm getting a 900 gig of Googles coming in and why isn't it working fast? And so um, I, I had to do something a little sneaky, I mean, it, it, for me in this house and kind of drill a hole just to get this particular wire. And it's kind of, you know, just under the radar. You gotta area. do what like, you gotta do, nobody, man. Nobody, <laughs> you know, anyway. So um, I got it all hardwired. And then, you know, um, the, the whole thing at certain times with uh, let's let's just say someone in the house just happens to be playing some sort of game. Oh, those things! Those things really suck up the bandwidth because so it's like, oh my gosh. Anyway, so I could just keep spewing all. Well, no, but that's here, so but it's, it's like you get this things. time
1: off, which you didn't yeah. count on, yeah. and now you're not just. Like for me, the first couple of weeks after AAF went off the air, like I was just stuck at home because I didn't have a place to go because I wasn't working. Then all of a sudden the whole world ended up living the same life. So I'm doing the same thing, you know, building the studio, graphics, launching the podcast, doing all this, but you can't work 24 hours a day. And for a touring musician, which comes up on the podcast a lot, like Corey Taylor talked about how strange it was to just be able to go shopping at Home Depot. Because he's yeah. constantly on the road and doesn't have a chance to do the quote unquote normal, domesticated lifestyle kinds of things. And so you've been able to kind of be that I mean, guy.
2: I got a Home Depot story. <laughs> you don't like it. <laughs> um, but before, you know, there's the other things too. For example, um, just navigating with, with, with these people people that are in my house called my family it's really it's really spun around to like who is this person that's in our zone now so I've had to be very careful navigating that excuse me you know when everyone's on different schedules and cooking and so forth and um, I I actually now have a routine where I finally against another thing um, and I know whatever it sounds but for me I'll, I'll do this specific kind of practicing. I also pray more. And you know, I've been into that. Yeah, you've always really been follow, a spiritual guy. But I don't I don't follow through, though. I talk about it too much. You know what <laughs> I mean? You got to do it. You got to do it, do it, do it. So anyway, it's been a nice routine. It's like very meditative. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I'll do this micro practicing just, just to get that time in it's a short amount of time because then you know what i've been on a computer for five straight weeks you know uh doing all kinds of things well then i'm not exercising it's like oh, i'll do that tomorrow i'll do that tomorrow and you're not- throwing
1: a wrench into everybody mm. else's life because everybody's so used to you being yeah. gone all the time and now you're around and it's like when are you going back out on tour
2: oh yeah oh yeah yeah i know i know is it almost
1: time for you to leave again
2: uh well (laughs) not that that's ever been said but um (laughs) with the home depot story check this out so i needed some uh stuff you know uh what what do you put a drum set on without without ruining an area and how do you make it quiet because you can't really not gonna bust into depending if it's a let's say uh, if I'm leasing a building or something. Well sometimes they let you do things. If it's a house, you can do what you want to your house. So but still you don't want to mess with the structure of a home or of a place you lease or rent or whatever it is. So it's you can't really soundproof. So I had to come up with with uh with something just to keep the the vibrations down a little bit. Even though I don't have to. I didn't have to do it don't have to do it I can just play wherever but still I needed some things and then uh, I get extra gear and now I have all my my part my studio parts and tons of wires and knickknacks and doohickeys and whatever so I go to Home Depot and I also needed some cases so I'm just sitting there in a like my my hair is literally folded over and tied and like sticking out like this I have an extra large Old Pittsburgh Penguins, like bright blue hockey jersey on, just because it was just a big, warm, you know, something to wear. So I look like the worst thing. I look like homeless, without any question. And someone, uh, one of the this guy came around the corner. He goes, "Hey, are you, you know, Mike?" I'm like. Yeah, and I was like, all oh, like weird. I'm like, yeah, I don't look at me. It's like, oh my gosh, let me get a picture. Or whatever. I'm like, this is bizarre. I okay, fine. And it turned out to be person that worked there has been a really helpful person. I, they really took care of me. They they got things that they that they didn't have to do. They set me up in a way they didn't have to do. You know, and I I took the picture and stayed in touch, and it's been great. Well, so, isn't it? For Corey, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, like no. for Corey, <clears throat> going in, hey, you never know. Sometimes, like, I, you know, I I needed like, a, well, when when you know, when the crazy lockdowns happened, I had to get a spare freezer for, um, you know, one of my family members with the allergies, and it's like, well, I got to stock up on the food. They weren't anywhere. I got a hold of this person. They got me one. See, you know what I'm saying? It's
1: it. it- it shows you, even in the craziest of times, there are amazing stories like that of people going the extra mile to help other people as well. Yep. And that's what kind of gives me hope and optimism because you're seeing all these stories about how people are going the extra mile to help their neighbor, to help their friend, to help someone mm-hmm. that needs it. And if, you know, trying to find the silver lining in the craziness that's happened over the last year, there are a mm-hmm. lot of examples of that
2: too. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's a that's another good thing. You see a lot of that and yeah. I read about it, so that's it's tremendous. But look at it all, my gosh. So with your setup there, um, you have... You're, you're analyzing
1: your setup. my setup now. What's that? You're analyzing my setup now, which is nothing compared to the rig you got going on over there.
2: Well, how's that sounding? <laughs> Sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yes, I got a really a nice sound going in I this- don't
1: need room for a drum kit in here I mean I could probably squeeze one in here but I built it to be for MCHQ my studio I wanted it to feel as much like a radio studio as it could because that's my yeah. norm so I wanted there to be a comfortable place to hang out I wanted there to be comfortable yeah. places for people to be able to come into the studio uh, there's a big window. I've never been in a studio that was able to open the window because every radio station had soundproof glass. And this oh, yeah. has a window that opens. And so I had to find a way to dampen some of the sound coming through the window. So I got some right. acoustic window treatments that help block some of the weed whacker, lawnmower, residential <laughs> noises <laughs> into the studio. Oh, yeah. Um, I had to build out a closet for my archives. Which I mm-hmm. haven't even begun to start digging through yet—twenty-two years worth.
2: Oh my gosh!
1: Um, but it it uh, it really does kind of give me that feeling like I'm back in a radio studio. I was able to get everything hardwired. Um, it sounds great in here. I had to learn new audio editing software and and kind mm-hmm. of figure out the processing of it, and and I finally. I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? It it sounds good in here. You know, the podcast sounds good. Everything's moving along. It's good.
2: Yeah, it's tremendous. And there is a learning curve um, when I decided to uh, do the Zoom class thing. And I'm gonna expand how I do that. I, I literally, honestly, I, like 316 seconds before I clicked, The link to join your podcast, I scheduled some classes for like a week from today. And for me to just go in and not take a lot of time to do that is, I feel well because it was not that way before. (laughs) Just to to do something simple like that. And you think, oh, I'm just going to, you know. Well, and right now people
1: are at home like we talked about. Yeah. Wanting to better themselves, wanting to learn a new language, wanting to learn an, an instrument, and especially for kids, learning a new instrument yeah. and how to play music is a great thing to be home and doing and to be able to have the access with professionals. It's not, you, you can't do in-person drum lessons because you're, you're busy. But to be able to find the time in a studio to get on Zoom and to be able to do these classes, it's not only great for you, but it's great for the students.
2: Yeah, it's been amazing. People have been connecting with me from all over the planet. And that, it, and it's at first just interesting for them. It's it's wild because, you know, it would be like, I, I never had that opportunity. I would have loved the opportunity, especially you would think you've got to pay $100 million for that. But I, I keep the prices low so people can afford it, so they do it. And it's great. It's a win-win and so whatever. It works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, honestly, to uh, you know I, I don't even know the whole, the full scope of it now, because I'm thinking of of uh, opening them up like more like a like a drum clinic, you know, and just have it where I'm not interacting, but people can zip in for like really low loot, and a whole bunch of people can do it if they want, and I can just demonstrate and, uh, and, and, and go that route. So I'm thinking of all these things. Also, I filmed some a couple of video courses. I must have filmed them like I, I, I guess no 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 september, yeah, yeah september because I, I went I went away to to make the new dream theater album and um when when did I do that that was in October, yeah, so I finished filming. They're still not up because I have to go get the i have to get the interface, I have to get the account and do all that, and just to find the right account to do it properly is is not the easiest thing in the world. As well Uh, and then you talk to people and get help but they have different suggestions and they ask questions like well does this do that oh I don't know what does (laughs) what about this one does that it's the same thing with like the shop you know I get advice and then get in and get help eight nine ten thirteen fourteen chat agents later they finally say oh by the way we can't handle these different size objects I'm like what like, do you think you would have said that? I think it's somewhere. I play drums. These things are big. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. So I had to learn, or whatever it is. I don't want to keep going on. But but I guess by my going on about it and people listen to this podcast, they get an idea. You ask questions ahead of time. You really have to spend a lot more time than you think doing research and getting help. And then at the end of the day, when you reach a certain point with any of these things, Another person just doesn't want to talk to you. Even if you're paying them. They just don't want to talk. You're just like, I've had enough. They give 30,000 questions. See, for me, I want to talk to people.
1: That's all I've been doing in lockdown (laughs) is interviewing people. That's it. That's all I do.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah, but when it's like, you know, you would have got real tired of me if you did the studio first and I hadn't done a thing. Like, hey, Carrie, I'm so... Yeah, the input for the where where where's that? Oh, trust me,
1: I've got those friends too, (laughs) like Kaiser, Jag, a few other people that I'm constantly calling about. What do you think Mm. about this? And how did you do this? And but you know what? Like, (laughs) what I've found is that people that are really good at what they do can appreciate the work that it took to get there. And they're always willing to to lend a hand, and it's what you're doing yeah. with your drum classes. it's like you can appreciate someone that values the instrument you love and wanting to get better at it you can yeah, appreciate I just that.
2: actually last week, I found out something um unsettling about selling products to certain countries and uh, i I actually contacted several of my peers uh, I just because I knew they had stores, I said, hey. Uh, I just want to let you know. I don't know if you found this particular issue, but have you are you aware of this? It's a it's a it's a tax kind of a thing, and it's tons of it's way too much work. Like you wouldn't even want to have a store to deal with. Some oh, you got to fill out customs um, forms and this it's just, and that. It's, it, insane. it's even heavier. It's heavier stuff, and it's yeah. like they didn't know. So yeah, you're helping each other, and it's unsolicited. I'm just like you know, hey, thank you for letting me know. And well, let me know what you find out. Okay, I'll help you. You help me. You know, you kind (laughs) of you're a big especially the Drem community. We're like we are a subculture. I mean, when 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 it was bustling, we have our own magazines, we have our own conventions, we have our own events, we have our own camaraderie, and we're 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 a really fun group where even if you are in, or you endorse a particular drum company or a cymbal company or something, you're invited to go out with your buddies that play a different drum because their drum company is taking you out for Nam. So I can't tell you how many Pearl drum dinners where I'm you know I'm hanging out with this guy and that guy and I'm a fan of them and here you get to meet them and all of a sudden you have like 500 pounds of sushi show up and you're like. Doing having a little bit of sock sipping some sake, giggling, talking about stuff. You know, it's just it was it was so cool. I miss it so much, and um, I'm not surprised though that people still are helping each other and talking and uh, you know we're appearing on each other's um, live streams and things and you know helping out. It's it's cool. It was really cool. You
1: and I have talked several times when I, when I was on the radio, and one of the differences between a podcast and the radio is that I have time now to be able to kind of dig a little deeper, go off on more tangents because I have the ability with this forum where I'm not worried about oh I got to get into another song oh I got to get into commercials like it's just a totally different mindset from right. how I used to do interviews. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'd never been able to do with you. Is I want to talk about your childhood and how you discovered not only that you loved playing the drums, but also that you had the innate ability to, to be good at it. Because, like, I love the drums, but I don't have the ability no matter how hard I try. And you were like three or four, right, when you kind of realized that drumming was a thing for you?
2: Two and a half.
1: Really? You were that yeah. young?
2: yeah so they say but there's there's uh there's there's footage to prove it so uh there's there's evidence there are footage there are pictures there's actual footage of me 8 millimeter footage on my fourth birthday able to fully play the albums and songs so yeah it it was there i can describe it cuz i remember i remember before i turned 4 i can tell you what i saw and what i thought that's how clear the memory is so is that what you want to know?
1: Yeah, so what I want to know is I had a great conversation um, last summer with Sarah Hagen, who used to work for mm-hmm. Zildjian Cymbals.
2: Oh, love Sarah. Isn't
1: she amazing? And Absolutely. she was talking about a specific drummer that she knew that when they hear sounds, they attribute them to color, which was something that blew my mind because I never even thought that you would interpret something like that. So when you hear music or beats or whatever, how does your brain interpret it? Is it visual? Is it audio? Is it mathematical? How is it translated into your brain?
2: I'll tell you. Before I do, I'll say she might have been talking about Bobby Galati, Waltham, fellow Waltham drummer. Amazing. But he passed away. He would. I heard he would see colors. That's the only person I ever heard of that that had that and there's a name for that condition
1: yeah she was talking about it i had never heard of it before. probably bobby
2: yeah um and he was amazing a real like dynamic feel jazz cat man you know like groovy and it's just he had this whole thing and perhaps that that color thing must have been part of that whole that whole thing of his he was so great um but I, i don't have that so what happens with me is uh it's vis at first. It's no, it's always visual. It's shapes, shape, shape, and form. Here's what I mean. Um, I don't know if I was 2.75 years old or three, <laughs> three, two, three months, uh, two and six months, whatever I was. Right? Um, I remember opening up the LP records, uh, on the floor of our dining room in Waltham and looking at pictures of drums and when my brother my older brother or sister would play music on the record player that was in that dining room at the time I would go in there and just pull out the records or they would show me or whatever it was I would just open them on the floor and look at the drums when they had pictures of them and I could associate the shapes on the drums with the with the pitches ascending to descending like high to low in other words most Most drum sets are all small. So if if I uh, was looking at a drum set shaped like this, let me give you a little bit of something. So if I had like a snare drum and and a tom tom and a floor tom, I was able to assemble, I guess, um, the the thing I was hearing with the shape that I was looking at. I was able to assemble those rhythms and patterns by way of a picture and that's how i see it now it's very grid oriented um where i do i do memorize by shapes still so if i have to learn an album very quickly for example when i recorded for james Labrie before i joined dream theater i recorded on three of his albums i had a total of two days to set my drums up a big drum set in the studio and finish the whole record. And I didn't know the songs any of the times. I got the music ahead of time, but a short bit ahead of time and it was fragmented. So I had to do it on the spot. What would happen is I would listen to whatever he was able to give me. And with certain beats, um, I, I, I could write down a basic beat with music notation, but that's not what I'm talking about. I would actually have a, I would make a shape the way the drum set looks, and I would actually draw um, the shape of a drum fill that I wanted to do that I would hear in my head, so I can look at the drum set. So and connecting
1: a line between yeah. this drum and that drum and like yes. where it
2: was going? Literally, quite literally, because if I saw a picture of my shape, I knew what it was more than reading notes on a paper if that makes sense, because a bunch of ink dots. I'm like, wow, what is this? I mean, well, I know how to do it, but it's... I
1: interviewed Nuno a few weeks ago, yeah. and, and it was shocking to me that he doesn't know how to read or write music.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And hearing you talk, it, I kind of... I understand where it's like, if you don't learn that way, like for him, it's all audible, that he hears something and can replicate the sounds from what he hears and be able to play it.
2: Yeah, he does pretty good, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, no, I mean. (laughs) He's okay. I guess he's okay. (laughs) He's okay. But it's
1: interesting that for somebody like him that's prolific at his instrument, that for him it's audible. Whereas what you're talking about is being able to translate it visually and attribute the straight lines and the linearness of what you want to achieve based on the structure of the kit in front
2: of you. Well, this opens up a discussion. Firstly, he might he might through the sense of touch um interpret shape on his guitar because the shape of the frets it moves and it go it shape is everything like plato was right everything is shape and form so i think this breaks down anyway for everybody like this whether we whether we know it or not or whether we actually are aware of it or not or whether we have some interpretation that's different whatever it is there is a shape so i'm guessing he does he does um uh, in, in, interpret it that way, but I don't know that that that's for him to say. But um, as far as rhythm, though, I actually see music notation. It's very helpful. So music notation has its place. It saves a lot of time. For example, my business is uh, polyrhythmic. So you're counting a certain set of notes all right and there might be a shape a pattern on the instrument it could be six notes on the guitar could be six notes on the drums through two on three drums let's just say it's two four six well if i'm counting a bass time a feel of five and 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 the music has duck that that the one two three four five it's got this progressive odd not it's not a pop music kind of thing, but it's got this odd number of notes. Well, if my shape is a different number than the bass rhythm, then I I picture I picture the five notes in my mind. I can do it right now. I can see five black ink dots, like it's music notation. And I know with my, my mathematics and timetables, if it's six, well if uh, thirty notes later it's all gonna come around. If indeed I wanna carry out this whole quote polyrhythm. So The bottom line is that I see music notation as well as the shapes on the drums, and this led to me having a difficult time um, when I put my books together because I absolutely perceive life in the four dimensions we exist. Three of space, one of time. Let Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Um, it gets a little deep, but this is how I see things. It's just yeah, how I That's why I asked, I because yeah.
1: I, I I have never been in a position to be able to ask you to really kind of drill down on how you think about this. Okay. But as people watch you play these amazing <laughs> drum solos on that unbelievable kit with Dream Theater, it's like, I can't even fathom how you can get to that point. So
2: I want to know this stuff. Okay, well, what it is is this. Uh, picture, you know, in Photoshop. Actually, you probably know with you know, a, a multi-track audio, where you and I are each a separate track, and right. you can layer them together. So, picture Photoshop, and you have um, five layers, and you know, you put them on top of each other at the end of the day, and end up with a with with a picture like movie editing you know what we see is fake it's not real there's no bomb going off in this It was done on a green screen you know but you layer it together so check this out what happens is I, I, I forcefully think about my bass time let's just say it has seven notes in it or something um, and I can see the music notation in my head quite literally because I make myself do it well I I have that picture in my mind while I have the reality of seeing these drums in front of me. So it layers in a in a bizarre kind of way. And I also am layering my audio and my thoughts. In other words, I can hear uh that. I can hear my voice in my mind. I can hear my metronome in my mind. But I can also hear myself saying, Okay, hit the kick and hit both. Like hit the hit the foot, and then hit the, 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 the hand and the foot. And I'm, I'm actually speaking those commands because I'm looking at my drums. I'm seeing what it is I'm putting together with my limbs and I'm saying it. I learned to do that. I've got an unbelievably great um, example and story from what taught me to do that. It was a, a, meta, a, a learning channel show I was watching. But without going off on that tangent right now, I'm, so I'm hearing, uh, let's say, a metronome in my mind. I'm hearing my voice in my mind. I'm linking them up. I'm hearing the reality of what I'm playing. So that's three things I'm managing in a specific order. My main focus is the base time because that's what I do for a job, okay? If I have to link up to the computer behind me and a metronome on it or time sync, like a click or a sound to video live or wherever it is, it might be external time. It could be a metronome, click, click, click. I'm practicing to. it's external. My my selective attention is prioritizing that. Then my, let's just say, ambient attention, these things that the brain is capable of doing. I'm thinking about the what I'm saying in in, in my mind in real time. Like, all right, look look at John. Turn and look at John at some point in the show. While I'm thinking, oh my gosh, diggity-digity. 13, 13, 15, 17, 13. All right, well, then it goes into 16, but you gotta put Um, 12 notes against the 16. It's that complicated. It is that, you know, to get a dream theater show right when it's synced up to video and all those things, that's what it's taking me to do it. It's out of control. Um, So I have to access all this to be able to do it. And essentially my audio, priority one is the external time. Priority two is is, is my voice and commanding my body. Priority three, I'm watching where I am on the drum set and c- counting or keeping track of how many hits I'm doing or what section of the song I'm in. Okay, this is the third chorus now. Don't double it because you're going to have to go into this solo section next. And I can hear my voice in my mind going, the solo section's coming up. Look at John Young. The solo section's coming up. Look at John Young. Night after night after night until I en- end up just going to the solo section and looking at John Mayung, not even knowing that that command now is deep in my head and I don't have to think it so much.
1: So. A dumbed down (laughs) equivalent, well a dumbed down equivalent would be for somebody that commutes every day. And they make the same commute and the same route every day and the same drive. And they get to the point where they just drove for 15 minutes of the same route in the same day, and they don't re- even remember doing it because they yes. didn't even have to think about it. It's like yes. that's what you're talking about.
2: Yes, and this this is, brings up an unbelievable point for musicians that talk about this a lot. Like, don't think too much, don't think too much. Well, no, no, wait a second. If I could hook up a switch to my brain and turn myself off from me, especially at night or in the middle of the night, trust me, I would I would get that switch to just shut me up and off I really would I do not you can't how do you get away, how do you get away from yourself you gotta log to off every once in a while oh my gosh so if yeah. I could I would so the point is it's not possible to not think the issue that turned my life around to make me a much better teacher and, and make me get way better way more quickly at different things was to understand well I'm gonna do a, a ton of thinking ahead of time, I'm gonna do my homework and my preparation and my practice. I'll do all the thinking there in the right order now that I've studied cognitive science and taught, and now I'm at this point in my life where I really, really know the order. So um, I'm gonna think a lot so that I don't have to do the thinking at some point. In the moment. Yeah, like when the tour starts going, yeah, it's like that's a mistake, some things, and the, the lights might fire off weird, or I might miss something, or uh you know whatever it might be with all that preparation
1: ahead of time and the layering of the thoughts and the repetition and all of that does it allow you in the moment to enjoy the experience of playing in front of the crowd like do do you get to the point where you where you've practiced it and thought about it so much that you can actually experience it in the moment the crowd yelling your band members enjoying it like when you're in the zone at a good show Yes. Can you actually enjoy it?
2: Yes, but it takes a lot. It takes a lot of work to do that because uh and it depends it depends on the gig. It it, it really depends on it. Because I've done the um you know, like the charity one offs with Steven Tyler and Skunk and uh Franny and Barry from Boston and Johnny A and you know, a group of people and you know, there's not a big production there. I'm not tied into any external time. I'm just going up and jamming music and sometimes it's just open. It's like, well, let's just go into the section, watch me. You're like, okay. So I might have a little square piece of paper taped on the bass drum hoop, you know, that just might outline the song or maybe it doesn't. It's just a two, three part song, whatever. But yeah, I can enjoy that kind of thing more easily because there's less to do it's not like you know the you know 1 billion watts of lights and video and everything is perfectly timed and when a sword goes and hits a rock and goes doink you know then there's a noise for that that's on the video and i have to make sure that that doink happens exactly exactly with my a drum or my snare drum or it sounds like a flam it sounds awful and so that's a big responsibility. I, it's like I enjoy it when it's over. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that you pulled it over, off. <clears throat> that I pulled it off. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and when I'm relieved of a lot of these things, uh, yeah, my mind is more free to look around. And I look, it, it, it doesn't take me that long. For example, uh, early uh, in the last Distant Memories tour, I used clear rocket toms now those are the things up here and if i switch for you oh you're gonna
1: oh ooh. so you're showing me it, now isn't that cool you have a video switcher in your studio and you're showing me a camera that you have mounted yeah. on the ceiling yeah and literally it's your head and every piece of gear in your studio i mean how many drums at one two three four it's, five six seven it's eight a nine view. drum ten eleven twelve thirteen uh, drums <laughs> Fourteen symbols, yeah, like lot, I can barely I see you in there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, you well, you have you keyboards. Know, yeah, you have the bird's eye view because uh, in 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 the videos that I made in the classes that I teach, I teach a lot by shape, and you can see if I have see the triangle. If I go this way, there's a triangle there, and there's a triangle on the other side of the kit. So I might have a pattern that does this: uh, one hit on each drum, and then one with each foot. So it's this. So if I do a fill and I draw like a a, a butterfly, it means this. <laughs> Where it's like I have the butterfly wings. Can you see what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> no, I understand you know it right?
1: now that you point it out. But my, like, visually, I don't even, like, I wouldn't have thought of that until you showed it to me. Like, yeah. my brain just doesn't work that way. And, and one of the things- taught- I know it can be taught, but I know it's also the same part of the brain that succeeds in language and math in a lot of ways. And Mm. that has never been a strong suit of mine. Um, I know those things can be taught. I'm not a math expert, but I'm really good with money.
2: You see? And like language, (laughs) I'm not great at it. I'm not.
1: But I know how to swear in like five different languages. I can pick these little things. So as when you're a kid and you're opening those records in the dining room and listening to the record player and you're four or five years old playing to songs, what was the first concert that you went to where you were able to watch someone do what you're doing now and thought, okay, that's what that really is. That's what I need to do.
2: Well, the first one that did that to me wasn't the first one that I saw um the the one that did that to me was rush on the hemisphere's tour, all right um, uh, it was just a um quite yeah, it was a whoa, what is this kind of a thing, and the lights and they were playing music, and the the bass drum was being hit, and my stomach was going, Ew. you know, <laughs> um, but the first concert I ever saw, my brother took me. I probably performed because I was in all the school bands. So how about that? So I was actually a performer before I saw anything really. But my brother took me at nine years old to see Buddy Rich, and yeah, I was like, "Whoa, I want to do that!" You know, I can, I, I can do that. I can move fast. And I, he bought me uh, his albums, and I sat in the basement at age ten and uh, started. Well, by the time i was there probably took a year for me to uh to learn some of those songs but i mean that's not that bad at that age <laughs> to you learn f- to for... learn that guy no big deal not, i'm 10 learning buddy it. buddy rich stuff yeah, yeah no big i mean deal. I, I I could go fast so that wasn't that wasn't the biggest issue and who knows you know uh I, there's no way i was playing that exactly right i i doubt well, maybe i did i don't remember that part but even if i didn't so what it, i thought i did that's what was important <laughs>
1: and at the time you know <clears throat> yeah. you're setting a lofty goal for yourself you're trying to push yourself forward with this skill that you're trying to learn it's like so it's the, like why not yeah. set the goal high
2: he's the best drummer you know they ever live and i'm i got in the basement and I, that's i'm gonna do it i'm gonna be able to play that i'm going to do it i know because i i saw myself able to do it if that makes any sense i just saw it as a possibility i could you know who who and what do I want to be? Well, what I am, I don't know that we can change what we are, how, uh, how we're made, so to speak. But we can change who we are. We can evolve. And then we can also change our skills and a bit of what we do. So we can change those things. It's not like I am who I am and that's it. Like, no, I don't want to be who I am. I I got things I need changed in about 10 minutes. You know, like, <laughs> Hello? So anyway, yeah, it was uh, Buddy Rich as far as uh, seeing the drums like that. And then seeing Rush was um, was incredible because I had pr- prior to that is when I, go- I bought A Farewell to Kings from the Columbia Record Club and put the car <laughs> speakers in my ear on a bed, in East Ham Cape Cod and just vegged out and was like. Xanadu. What is Xanadu? The honeydew. Like, what are these guys talking about? This is great. (laughs) One of the conversations that I had,
1: I had three different guitar players on in one episode. I had um, Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves and um, Mark Morton from Lamb of God and Chris Mm -hmm. Trainer from Bush. And I brought that conversation up to Nuno because what they talked about was you could use a guitar player's guitar strings amp wires pedals be in the same room play the exact same song and you're not going to sound like the person and, and and nuno talked about how eddie van halen gave him the opportunity yep, to play his one. gear once oh, yeah. and he was disappointed that he still sounded like himself and didn't sound like eddie when he played Eddie's stuff, because he was like, if I'm ever going to live my dream of being able to sound just like Eddie Van Halen, it would be in this moment. And he still sounded like himself, which, again, not that, you know, it was poor you, Nuno.
2: Yeah, you know what? I don't know that he knows this. Eddie said the same thing to me about him. Because, what you know, when Gary was in the band, I was... We would always typically have the same weeks off. I was off with Steve Vai and he was off tour with Van Halen. So I was always, and I mean always up at 5150. It was the point Eddie gave me the the codes to the gate. I could come, I went in and came and went as I pleased to Eddie Van Halen's house. Can you imagine that? I'm pulling up, I know the codes to get in the gate. Whee! I'm sitting here just shaking my head at you going, are you kidding me? no i I, I have some stories from that oh my gosh what fun what fun that was but i um i was speaking to him and uh because he, he he at one point i was there just hanging out talking to gary all the time and we would go in the studio and hang out and whatever and then eddie was generous enough to give me the studio i had no place to go to practice for two weeks before a tour and he said here take your stuff put it in there and and just go and play. I, it was amazing. But what he said to me one day was, he's like, yeah, 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 that, that He-Man woman hater. How does he do that? Oh, man, I love that. How does he sound like that? I I, I can't do that. That is what he said to me about does Nuno. Does Nuno
1: know that story? I don't
2: know. I don't know. I because probably, after the
1: conversation he I and I had a few weeks yeah. ago, obviously talking about the immeasurable loss of yeah. Eddie Van Halen to the music yeah. industry, but also for Nuno... Mm-hmm. who holds Eddie and you know at the top of his Mount Everest that yeah I don't know if he knows... I bet that would floor him that Eddie Van Halen was asking how Nuno did something on a on an extreme record
2: Yeah or that or or more like I can't sound like that how basically how does that happen and it's a vague uh memory specifically but what he, like I don't know that he said well, I can't do that I don't know how but he said he mentioned he man woman hater, and he said, "How does he something like oh, I? I can't do that, or I don't do that. I don't remember the specific words, but it was I can't do it, or I don't do it, or I whatever. But it was no, he doesn't sound like Nuno. <laughs> he, he can't. <laughs> you know whatever the exact words were. I'm, I'm just trying to be careful these days because yeah, no, because uh, you get it, quoted
1: and it turns into yeah, a tweet yeah, yeah, and it's exactly yeah, it turns what turns into something. Yeah, yeah, no, but I but I, just, I understand I that there was. Yeah. It's just. It's amazing that the, that mutual respect from a guy like Eddie, who was held in such regard by a guy like Nuno, that Eddie also recognized Nuno's ability, and that Nuno is so quick to give the credit right back to Eddie and be like, yeah. I wouldn't be anywhere near the guitar player if Eddie wasn't there to kind yeah. of plow the road for us.
2: Yes, yeah, Steve Vai did the same thing. He did the, He did. He did the exact same thing. He spoke about... Eddie and you know, like they were from another planet and Steve was so kind and generous he is anyway but he would be specific and say things that these guys could do that were just so amazing and he's so kind and one day when we were I don't remember what I was doing uh uh, uh when I was with Steve in his band uh it might have been recording uh Zone record or something I don't even know what it was but I was in the studio and somehow um, Eddie Van Halen was on the phone with me. I think what would have happened is I would have called Gary or tried to get to him I, and Eddie picked up. I think that's what it was. So I, I That happens all over the there. time when I call Gary. <laughs> and Eddie just accidentally no, picked up the phone. He was living there, but there was, uh, Gary was living on the property. Yeah. So you know, Eddie would ah, call, who's that? <laughs> oh, it's Mike, hi. <laughs> you, know, you know, and i was sitting there yapping to him. And I remember it, Steve, Didn't know. Steve goes, would you get off the phone? Like, who are you talking to? Like, hurry up. Whatever it is we were mixing or doing. I said, well, it's Eddie. He goes, Eddie who? I mean, Eddie Van Halen. goes, what? (laughs) Just hold on a minute. Like, Eddie, oh, hey. Yeah, Steve says, hi, hi, hey. How you doing? Anyway, but (laughs) the point being, it's the same thing. They all like, uh, it's like the trifecta of greatest guys ever, you know, to play the instrument, all like uh, speaking these wonderful words about each other. So it's just great. It's just great to be in me in the middle of it all. All three of them. (laughs) Right?
1: Yeah. So for a a drummer like you, you are one of those drummers that, you know, drummers look at and go, oh, that that feel, that fill, that sound, that style. So unfortunately for you, Mm -hmm. with every record and every move forward, you have to reinvent yourself to a certain point, which brings me to your recent Facebook post about how you recorded the drum tracks for the new Dream Theater record so what I want you to explain to me is do you start with these shapes and this thought from scratch and are you do you have to build a whole new drum set and work with Pearl and work with Zildjian and work with all of these companies that you work with that before you can go in the studio and record it you're rebuilding the mechanism for you to be able to do it. Is that how you work?
2: I actually have done that with Dream Theater, yes. And this latest one is like nothing. It's like nothing I've ever (laughs) played. Uh, Let's see, I have to think. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's probably in my childhood that I... uh, I played something like this. I don't want to give too much away because nobody nobody knows yet, but yes, and so yes, the the companies have been so helpful um, because I, in fact, part of the reason why I get all the gear that I get is because I have come up with things out of necessity that they didn't think of. So they made new products that they're able to go sell. And so it's a good deal. You know, I make something, and then they go ahead and make it into a product and sell it. But I get lots of them. Uh, I don't have to buy them, so to speak. But in, in in essence, nothing's for free. I mean, I work very hard to yeah. to get all this stuff. It's not like I get this big drum set and I got it for nothing. No, that's no way. I worked really hard and did yeah. a lot of promo, and they sell a lot of these. And you know what I'm saying? So and yeah.
1: working to yeah. to get it I to sound a certain way, yeah. and yeah. So for muscle memory. You write this new dream theater music, oh yeah,
2: let's get back to that sorry so
1: so no, 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 but it but it all ties back with what i 'm saying, so you're going to work on new music, but you yeah. gotta work on new drums and new gear to get the new music to sound the way it 's going to sound actually,
2: the drum set has come first in okay. most cases, in most cases, all but one, the drum set has come first because um, for my first dream theater album, I brought you know, four bass drums in. And the reason why, it wasn't just to be obnoxious and drive these people crazy. It's like, what do you tech. need that for? It's, you know, the the reason why is because to go faster with feet, the drum can't be a John Bonham sounding bass drum. And so I don't, but I like that John Bonham sound. I like the simple, the simple thing and the big sound. I don't have to play a zillion notes. The fact is, i hear them i can't help it you know and i can i worked really hard to be able to so why not have my feet able to make a sound that i hear in my head what's the big deal i just happen to need some different kick drums to do that whatever so that's what i set up and it turned out it really wasn't where petrucci wanted to go so i used them but then that got lost on the next record or the next record after that um you know and it evolved and i i dumbed the kit down and then i added some some things and it had to do with touring like i had to add symbols to play and some of the sounds to play the old songs that well, I that's, on.
1: that's what i'm leading you to so as oh. you're trying to recreate new sounds for new songs oh, right. you still have to be able to replicate the old stuff and with yeah. what you've already talked about is that muscle memory and how your brain works yeah. with the shapes you almost have to relearn the old songs with the shapes
2: okay here are two really crazy things about that first of all you did ask a question about eight hours ago and i never answered it with this i've gone off on three different tangents um right in the last five ten minutes um i actually have a, a bit of a standard database of of drum beats and sounds and things that I will stick to so that I sound like me in dream theater. And I and I don't go off the grid of how Mike Portnoy sounded too much. Do you know what I mean? Like There's a, yeah. there's a standard set of beats and things that works. It would be like if I went, um, uh, you know, I played an ex- extreme tune. Um, well, what would happen is I would have a protocol for that. I would actually play it differently these days, differently than I actually played it when I was in the band. When I was in the band, it was just at a point in my development that I wasn't at where I am now. So now I would go back and there would be no like strict click, for example, in a lot of places. And I would lay it back and the drum fills would probably be a little bit lazy. They wouldn't be as like spot on on a grid timing as they are with Dream Theater. Only because of Dream Theater, the other guys are playing like that. That's musical for Dream Theater. That's what's musical for the things that we are doing. Maybe they wouldn't have done that before me, whatever it does. It's irrelevant now because now I'm there and the five of us morphed into something. And so that's what I do. And so I might not, I definitely wouldn't do that with an extreme track, for example. So I have a set protocol. So to answer your question, it's not that I just, I don't go in and just play. I, there sort of is a sound that goes with the band that I'll stick to. Well, I'll do a double bass, this kind of double bass thing, or this kind of snare drum on the beat thing, or this kind of backbeat thing. So if I break drumming down to six or seven basic beat genres that you could put in a song, well, then I, I pick these four basic things and then build off it. So it's not like, it's it's not random. It's based on a language that fits the genre. And uh, there was another thing you asked. What was it? Um, I forget.
1: <laughs> about the about the gear.
2: The gear and uh, oh and my how gosh. the dr-
1: and how the drum set, like being able to replicate the old stuff and oh, reinventing right. the new stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a problem. Um, you know, because I have to have all this stuff that that you see to do that. So I'm going to try to I'm going to try to do it with a lot less in this. Uh, this, this, this next round, if I have to even play the old material, I, I, I might do that. So um, that leads back to your question about the gear and the companies and everything. Yeah, so for this album, we thought about what we wanted to do first. And I got in discussions with John Petrucci because he is the producer of the band. He had some ideas and I was like, okay, let me think about that. And so it took us a little bit. I reconfigured a, a whole new like thing, you know? And it, it took work, and I had to talk to Pearl, like, did you have any of these, you know? Eludium Pure 38, explosive space <laughs> modulator, <laughs> abstracting my view of Where's Venus. the Earth-shattering kaboom? The earth-shattering kaboom? <laughs> Wait a minute, here it is. That's a ooh. big drum, ooh, You yeah. like that? That's the gong drum, you know. I, I guess I could take the camera angle it down, but no one's gonna see it. But the this one in my studio has a timpani style head, where uh, Mike Ferris from Pearl actually had to go and build this with a drill and a screwdriver and a and stuff. You know, and glue, whatever you used in rubber and metal. And a timpani is one it. of those
1: big it looks like a yes. kettle drum when yes. you go when you go to the, see the symphony and you yes. see the guy back there and he's like rolling with the mallets and it's the big you know, that's the beat yes. for the eighteen twelve overture on the yes. Esplanade with the fireworks. <laughs> it's yeah. that big yes. floor drum.
2: That's it. And and the, the drum head goes over the shell. It's not like a regular drum head where the drum head is tight to the shell. Um, it goes over and stretches so the lugs like have to Like you're putting
1: be, saran wrap over yeah, a bowl. Yeah, it's exactly
2: right, but it pulls out. It goes it, it extends it extends uh, 2 inches beyond the shell all around the drum so there's a different mechanism that had to be made custom made. Anyway, so yeah, I have to work with people to to get stuff like this made. And um, it's the shape in my mind and then I draw pictures and I'm also hearing I'm also hearing it. I'm trying to visualize how I would play certain things because I now I know where I wanted to go with this. <clears throat> because when I when I do that, the thing is for these albums for my Dream Theater Audition, I never practiced on them. I never the Dream Theater Audition, that kit was set up specifically that day in an oddball way I had never ever even attempted to play before, which you know might be a little mind-blowing but i the first time i played it was it's
1: like a race car driver driving the indy 500 yeah. in a car set up for someone else
2: exactly what it was and its steering wheels in a completely different place that's exactly what that was i never even, i never i haven't played a kit like that that configuration since or before absolutely not in fact these these little puppies here those rocket tons, the hamster tubes, again, the clear ones I use. They're the ones that oh, hang like yeah, above never, your head, oh, yeah. Yeah, I never finished my story about that. Um, uh, I have clear ones and I call them hamster tubes and Pearl's like, don't do that. People <laughs> won't, and I, we did though, the, if you go see my, 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 the Pearl drum video of me explaining the distance over time drum set, the green, the emerald chrome green kit. I did say, yep, and I got the hamster tubes behind me. Those guys were all giggling during the filming. Like, we had to film it twice. Like, don't say that. I'm like, okay, I won't say it. And I said it anyway, and they were trying not to laugh. Why
1: don't they just but, market it and brand it as the Mike I Mangini know. hamster tube I know drums. they're clear.
2: That's what I think is the clear tubes that a hamster goes in. Why, You know, I had a crazy creative mind. Anyway, so, but uh, for the Dream Theater audition, I had to fit two of those under a symbol. They were really hard to reach because the stand didn't push the drums close enough to me where it was comfortable. So I'm like playing, reaching like this, going, oh, please, God, don't miss the drum. And my ride cymbals were 67 feet in the air. I'm like playing. I never did that before. So with oh, the new Dream Theater album, I never played that kid. I got in the room and it was like, oh, how are we going to do this? So we're, <laughs> when I go to do, the, you know, we're writing songs and I came up with new things because of the drums. Like the, the shape of the drums gave me some new ideas and what i would normally play with my body by rote i couldn't do it anymore so i it was like half my body that would be playing righty while the other half played lefty was okay that's not going to happen it's actually going to reverse right now so thank god that i can do every single combination There is. You'd make a really good helicopter
1: pilot because you can get all four of your appendages to do something completely isolated simultaneously. That's not a normal skill set that...
2: Nope. Are you seeing that picture?
1: Yeah, so you're giving me your overhead view of your drum kit again.
2: Yeah, so it's like I could play like um, a few different, you know, a couple different time signatures and patterns that you don't think have anything to do with each other. Like, like check this. This is going to... Look, what I'm about to do is probably... I don't know. Maybe somebody could learn it in a year. Maybe it would take them 11 years. Maybe they couldn't even do it ever. I don't know. Uh, if, I, if I'm if i a good teacher and they're a great player, so maybe they can learn it. so much math that's coming with this know. drum beat, I but can tell. But it's like, yeah, what well, if I told you what I was thinking? This, so my point being, so I'm going to do, do that for I'm, me. I'm, I'm going to play this. Yeah. But here's the thing. This is the kind of thing that would make a kid at a drum clinic look at me and maybe think in his mind that guy stinks that sounds terrible that's a terrible <laughs> thing musically so it's like oh, listen, listen let me just make up something that used little eyes as. hold on um. so you hear that time right yeah and you would think boom 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 is the beat oh uh, it's not my beat is five i'm gonna be dot dot one two three four five watch this So this five, right? This seven notes in the space of the five. This so the seven notes one two three four five six of one in the space of the five. Now now. So then I played seven times three or 21 in groups of threes within the sevens, but those are in the place of every five. And, and the four notes with the feet were also in the place of the five. So those took 20 notes to turn around. Well, you know what I'm saying? The math, and I saw it all to so the point that I don't have to, that I can just do it without, without even, uh, just watch this. Without even, here it is. I didn't have to get this going and that going and get right. the five and the four. So there's like um, four different uh, rhythm components to that. I'm gonna switch my camera.
1: Hold on. Well, no, don't switch your camera yet because I want to oh. ask you like, so, so what you were describing about the things that you're saying in your head. Yeah. Can you play and say the things you're thinking at the same time, or are you thinking so fast that you can't say it? Because I want in you to. S- there's too many layers
2: oh yeah i'll do it i can yeah do it do because i want
1: to hear what your brain is thinking when okay. you're doing this if you can right. talk fast enough
2: okay <laughs> can i talk fast enough? <laughs> did you really ask me that i know okay um all right so the first thing i'm thinking is an advanced version of five without having to say the numbers meaning well, one two three four five one i'm just thinking he's and my voice in my head is going one and two and three, one and two. it's in binary, two and three, one and two and three, one, meaning I'm doing on, off, on, off, on, on, off, on, off, on, on. it's zeros and ones. Don't forget I was a software engineer. so it's one zero one zero one, one zero one zero one one zero one, zero or one two three, four, five one, two, three, four, five, one. so I'm thinking, it's music to me now. It's not math anymore. And now I'm hearing the this oops, as, as a sequence, a mathematical sequence. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1. Two, three, four, five, one. The sequence is one two, three, four, uh, sorry, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1. It's really, in and of itself, is maybe a couple of years of work to get your brain to be able to be comfortable with that. So I'm following the way that three out of every four notes, meaning one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. I'm following the way the sound of those boom boom booms fit within the framework of the sequence of 5. So it's 1 So I'm actually hearing it. And I'm, but my music part is thinking the on off binary. So now um, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to automate it and just hear da now da. it now affords me the luxury of being able to go, well, what do, I, what do I want to fit in here? How about seven? That would be fun. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And so I'm thinking, on its own would sound like this. Which is a really cool beat. It's not normal. It's progressive, right? It's seven. It's odd, but anyway. Um, but can I switch the camera? Or I'm going to do that again. No, let me do know, it again. You, okay. Okay, so it's. Uh, um, oh, I, can, I have a, a foot camera too, but you can see my feet, right? Yeah, I can uh-huh. see your feet. Okay, so. Uh, oh, hold it. On. <laughs> one, <laughs> one, two, three, ta-ka-ta, ta-ka-ta. one, uh, one two, three, one, 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 two I can even improvise with that while a piece of my brain is managing the rest of it because I put 800 million hours into it. My brain just cramped. Like, I I feel... Look, I'm not that good at this. I just put a lot of time in and became proficient. That's all well,
1: no, but it's interesting to hear yeah. how it is that it sounds in your head, which is what yeah. I'm trying to get to, because yeah. every single person tackles whatever they're proficient at in a way in a language that only they understand in their own head. Uh, that you're making these connections and the and it and it yeah. sounds in your head like I can't climb in your brain and like look around.
2: Right. This is as ha- close
1: as I can get.
2: Yep, I got to explain not, it.
1: Not not only because I'm not a brain surgeon, but because I'm scared oh. to death of what I would find in that <laughs> cavity you have.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know you know. <laughs> so, you know, the other thing I'm thinking of is I'm I'm thinking right, right side. I'm meaning when I'm doing this, making that sound, um, a thought in my brain is both when I'm doing both here. Or both here and so whatever I'm seeing my limbs do physically I'm saying as well whoa which brings me to the memory that I wanted to tell you the story of how I found this stuff out which is really wild about speaking commands to the body can I do yeah. that or do you have any yeah, more questions no, no, about no, you're good no, no, go All right. Go, go, so do you understand the part about a little kid in the front row to drum clinics looking at me play this or even oh well, my you, you know what I posted something like this on my youtube channel and um, so I hear there are some comments on there, like I I, I stay away from reading. I'm almost <laughs> well, all, the, I really Well, if you read the do.
1: comments about the drum video that you I did just... with the suitcase in the AAF studio, uh, some right? of the people some of the people commenting were that I was um, flirting with you <laughs> and, and that I was trying to steal you away from your oh. wife. Like people oh. were like Mike's wife better look out cause she's got her eyes on, and I'm going, Oh my god. <laughs> like it just shows how stupid people can be in the comments on stuff like Oh my I've, gosh. Come on, man. It's just because we know, know each other in a way that's not just professionally, that we've been friends yeah, for know. a really long it, time. Yeah, I know.
2: That's you should have typed, Hey, I knew him first. I don't, yeah. I don't whatever. <laughs> No, I don't know. Uh, just uh, whatever people uh, Yeah, they they are what they yeah, are. So but stay yeah, out of the comments. So I stay um, because there's also a lot of, there's still incredible, there's, there's just a, a small bucket, like Home Depot bucket of people that just, just hate me in that band. They don't want me in that band because they, right. it's not what they know. I get it. Right. I get it. It's like, oh, you know, I just never will accept anything or anybody. Okay, right. fine. So there's what was nothing I you can say? do
1: about it. So you yeah, just yeah, yeah, move on. Yeah, along. yeah,
2: So I don't like. But apparently, I, I posted something like this from the astonishing album session. Yeah, I did, and it's actually this. Oh, it's, it's 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 this pattern here. Okay, I played all the crazy stuff I just played for you, but let me put the pick camera back. But look what I did with the feet. Oh,
1: God. So I'm going to have to describe what you're doing for the people that are listening. This is outrageous.
2: What I did is I played that pattern where it's both right, both left. But I moved my feet around in shapes. So I did this shape. This shape. This shape. So I moved my feet around four pedals like this. So
1: you have two sets of pedals. Yeah. Two on the left and two on the right. And depending mm. on where your body is, yeah. sometimes to play your hi hat, you're yeah. playing Le- a pedal on the right, yeah, or on the left,
2: or on the left, yeah, righty or lefty. Which yep. is completely. more?
1: Most drummers have one hi hat pedal. You have two. It depends oh, on where yeah. you're at over there.
2: Yeah, it's completely symmetrical. So wa- watch, watch the feet. I'm gonna take and so you can see my hands. Watch this. Ah. Uh, so it's shape a shape b shape c so i'm moving three shapes all it is is this pattern so now i can i can actually do that in 5 with that other pattern with 7 against the 2 <laughs> which is just it's just awful. it's just gonna sound terrible but it's so advanced like uh, hold on a minute let me give this a shot I think I get it I see I'm seeing it in my brain first I'm doing this multi-layered quick brain thing which has gotten me in trouble opening my big mouth saying things I shouldn't say my whole life <laughs> So I should have kept That's that. what
1: this podcast is for, for oh, you to God, say I, things you shouldn't say in your mind. Nah,
2: no, I, I should have. You know, I should have kept my big trap shut so many times. <laughs> not on the drums, not on my mind, but in life, yeah, I should have. Anyway. Uh, uh, that was correct. So that whole pattern that has, um, let me see, Four, uh, eight. 12, 16. That's a 16 note pattern that would, if in five, it would take five times 16 for it to all work out together and come back uh, on one where this happens again. This one, this one, this one, and this one. And then if I played my hands and all those crazy time signatures against that, it's just, oh my, what would that sound like? It would just be just gross. Let me think. <laughs> um, uh. All right, uh ahead. Uh, oh no uh, i have to i have to uh, i have to get an image in my head of each little chunk first that would that might take me uh, you're going to spend me, the rest of the day locked. no in no no your no, no no that that would take a couple that would take a couple of minutes that's a long time for me' I'm, I'm, my body's prepared to play a, a, a lot of stuff
1: uh so when you're working on stuff like this, and as we yeah. talked about with all of the members of Dream Theater that are Horrible. at this elevated level of expertise of their given yeah. instrument.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Normally, if Dream Theater wanted to work on a record,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you, you would, there would be ideas and there would be tracks and there would be jamming and there would be this and that. With yeah. this new record, did COVID change and make that process more difficult or was a lot of this prep stuff done before the virus hit?
2: Oh, uh, no, the, the, the album, uh, it was October, so COVID had been raging and all kinds of other things and travel restrictions and craziness, uh, absolutely. Um, well, let me see, did it affect in the remote? Oh, only, you know, we had uh, protection up and all that, and we had these like panels brought in with Plexiglass and the, the whole bit. But I mean times. like the and work
1: before you, you get mean? to the studio. Oh. Like the, no. the like it, no. you guys are always used to working separately no. and, and then kind of getting together, but it didn't change the normal dream theater workflow because of COVID.
2: Yeah, no, no, the, the normal dream theater workflow is we show up, well, at the, the least this one and the last one, and we just write it on the fly. Uh, people show up with ideas, but not that many. Not that many, just a few Um, records. Prior, people would show up with way more ideas, but then it was a lot less of a group thing. Like my first dream theater album, a dramatic turn of events. I wasn't even invited to be a part of any writing. They sent me music. I went in and basically, I mean, they sent it ahead of time, but you don't send a, it's like a 12 minute song with 83 parts that are just ridiculously complex, you know, X amount of days before a session. I mean something like that would take like a month to configure. So I just don't bother. I just I write some notes and try a couple things and show up and I literally learn it on the fly and play it on the fly and record it and move on to the next thing. Because that's how I prepared my body carry. It's like I made sure that my four limbs were as strong as they could be, and there'll always be a weak link, and I'm I'll always be a right-handed person, but I tried to configure so I could manipulate these four limbs into 24 different combinations, meaning it's, uh, it's really 12 limb pairs, not six that we have. Meaning, you know, you might think I'm crazy saying I have two pairs of hands. <laughs> Imagine what that, that sounds like. But you see to my brain, as a drummer, my right hand leading ahead of my left like this. Is way different to my brain than my left hand leading my my right like this. The other side of the drum set, lefty and righty, they feel they couldn't feel any more different. So to my brain and I think everyone's brain, I truly believe that that statement is correct. For, for that you
1: that you have a right and left hand when you're playing right, right sided hand. and yeah. a right and left hand when you're playing left sided. Yeah, well, left. So and four right. sets right of yeah, four
2: sets of hands. So so I have so I have well yes well four of them. <laughs> four hands, two sets, of hands. but not two rights, not two lefts. Anyway, imagine people listening to this; they're good. pulling their hair out right now. Who's this guy? Does he play simple drums? Yeah. the crunch zeppelin that's actually not so well
1: when i when i have conversations with people like you or when i have conversations with military-minded people people that are far superior in an expertise of something i always try to find an analogy to it so for someone that say is in construction or someone that's in design Mm. you know when you cook or you're a chef they talk about the triangle of your cooking space the refrigerator the sink, the stove and the proximity with how you're moving your body in that perfect kitchen triangle. And this is the kind of stuff that you're talking about that like, it's how you're interacting with the stuff in the space and how it aids in the movement and for you to be able to move forward. You're cooking a dish and if you move the sink and the stove and the fridge, you're gonna move your body differently to cook that dish than you would if you cooked it in someone else's kitchen.
2: Right. Yeah. I got yeah, I get go. it. I it. That's why you do what you do. Yeah, you we're Italian. Attributed it to food, <laughs> food, and I understand. Yeah. And actually, you know what it brought up? To me, I have to make a slight correction because when I did go to check the AAF um, uh, YouTube comments, the video, I happened to see this one. Someone said, he did rock and roll wrong. It comes in a beat three, not beat one. I, that person's correct but if they did <laughs> that they didn't understand of course someone had to say that Be, the the reason why I said one two three four one was for you and for listeners because you right. would relate if I if I throw it in beat three like it really is and I didn't sit there and explain it now well, what do I gotta do Listen, I gotta explain Do we gotta it analyze it like, how
1: you're playing Led Zeppelin like, on a
2: suitcase in a trash can <laughs> oh lid. my Come that's on. what I'm saying it's like people gotta make these comments. it's like but he was right yeah. he was right because it really do, it really goes like this it's um so that it lands on one that's exactly where it is yes it comes in off a beat three but i was like in with the buckets i'm like okay one two three four we go one i just wanted to communicate to you it wasn't perfect i'm not perfect stop it gosh so, oh
1: my god so yeah, before yeah, yeah. i let you go that you have yeah. so many different things with your books and your zoom classes mm-hmm. and obviously mm-hmm. everything that's going on with dream theater but one thing that lends itself to this whole conversation that we're having is I want to talk about that art that you have
2: oh yeah right here yeah
1: right here. because you have this schematic yeah. drawing of your drum set like a blueprint so if you're a machinist and you're you know or you're an architect or whatever you you have this it looks like you're applying for a patent and it's this sketched out yeah like drawing of your drum set Oh, the latest one, yeah. Yeah, and then there's those amazing swirling graphics, and that's basically you with like glow-in-the-dark drumsticks playing, and the camera slowed down so you can see Mm -hmm. the patterns and the swirls of your movements.
2: Let me explain. It's really, really deep and really, really cool. I mean, I put this particular camera on because you can see the, the that yeah. one you can't quite see it, it that one's behind it's me it's like if you pinwheel. had a really good camera and your
1: kids yeah. are twirling sparklers yeah. or glow sticks around and right. it shows the trails no yes. drugs just I'm seeing the trails man like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. this this one over here is called Chaos Butterfly although you can see it through the drums it looks like a butterfly yeah. and that's that's actually a, they're all drum moves so let me explain what it is um, the artwork first of all the company's called Scene for what they did is they found a way to our management, call them and said, look it would Mike be interested in coming to our studio and playing drums in the dark with lighted drumsticks. We'll film him and then we'll make canvases and it will be fun. And They called me. I said, yes, that would be fun. So we were on tour and we were playing in, um, down in Anaheim dream theater I'm talking about so jake solomon who manages us with with his dad frank amazing people by the way um jake flew and came into town and got me in anaheim and drove me up to la where i indeed went to the studio with a very small drum kit but it was symmetrical so i could do the moves so a smaller version of the drum set that you can see on their website and they put me in the dark and said, here, have, have a green stick in this hand and a an orange stick in this hand. Okay, go. So, but that wasn't it. That's what was done most of the time or with anybody. Go in a room, play drums, you know, play one of your famous songs and we'll film it. And then, you know, we'll make the print. That's not what I did. What I did is like, well, my whole shtick is symmetry. My whole shtick is symmetry. And you know the the plank length is supposed to be it is the smallest distance anything can be physically in the universe because if you if you just say well i'm just going to cut that in half what happens is every point in the universe becomes every point in the universe and it's real it's bizarre okay so there's not supposed to be anything beyond plank but in my my in my mind something had to put it there or it came from something well, well however it works so i i called it beyond plank because i don't know where these thoughts come from sometimes and i don't know where i got all this stuff half the time so it's cool to me and because my thing is symmetry i put the two together so the artwork is called beyond plank i'm in a room doing this i they said to me uh, so we'll have the sh- slow shutter speed. And I said, well, what's the speed? And they said, well, it's every two and a half seconds or five seconds. Oh, my God. And you f-
1: started doing math around the shutter speed, didn't so you? So what I
2: did, oh so what I did is, is check this out. I can hear one second. It's right here. Okay. Pretty close. It's probably right. That's probably 60 beats a minute. If I really think about it, I can do it. I'll just think of a song and get it like pretty much 60 60 point something so anyway so i said okay what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna like the chaos the chaos butterfly over there what i'm gonna do is you can see my arms going like a butterfly or yeah gary sharon called this the crow move (laughs) do the do the crow (laughs) you know like no the crow's funny Gary, he's perfect. Um, What a what a what 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 an artistic mind he's got. I got to get him on the podcast too. It's like oh, he'll be great. Yeah. So I'll do it in slow motion, but the move is like. So I'm just going back and forth, an even amount of hits up here, over here, over here. Though real fast, it's like. i hit all kinds of things that didn't sound very good i don't know. oh my god that was terrible and i didn't hit very hard so um but we're talking about you're that, doing
1: this with these glow in the dark so, sticks
2: no, 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 no. so, so i had the glow in the dark sticks but i timed it in other words i would like uh, so i'd go and it would fit into one second so if i did five of those that was one full shutter speed of five seconds and they, we tested it and they they freaked they were like oh my god it looks like mike it looks like you filmed something and we folded the paper over and faked it but it's not perfect 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 and like that's perfect we don't want it to be perfect it's because like a we want it to shock be real. test yeah it was unbelievable so i timed all of these art art canvases from, you know, I got, you can't see praying cherubs behind me, birth of souls. I got never random over there. Anyway, they're all, they're all over here. Um, cause, and the one that you saw, which came from a schematic, those were all symmetrical moves done with a different color stick in each hand every single drum move fit into one second and i did five of them for a full shutter thing and since they said well we need to have a few full like you got to go 10 seconds or 15 seconds multiples of five i had to calculate how many moves i did and in my mind i had to hear one second and fit it in otherwise the picture was ruined it didn't come out And so they all came out like the
1: artwork is really cool like even if you you have no idea what it is it's visually pleasing now hearing the level of nerddom and mathematics that went into it (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a whole other thing it's crazy
2: yeah imagine that i love it it's really cool it's me it's me it's i I feel like it's I, i love the collection so um the latest one that you saw this is what that was and this is hilarious before the last album tour, before the uh, the whole distant distance over time era, uh, I was changing the drum set again. So we were on we were on the previous were we on the previous tour still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, were we? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. I'm taking up time. To, anyway, I was on tour, and my drum tech Eric is is silly like me. So he would have like, to be uh, to put
1: up so, uh, with what you demand yeah. of him on the daily.
2: It's, yeah, yeah, you got to have a little bit of a a cushion in there, (laughs) a little bit of, you know, the the, the screw has to be able to move. It's a little loose. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) so I'm like, oh, my gosh. I said, let's, I'm going to make an absurd drum set and let's wind up like so-and-so on the crew and this guy and that guy on the crew. I'm going to make a drawing and it's going to be this absurd drum set with wireless, like, um, antennas and like three levels of racks a million symbols and instead of four of these we're gonna I'm gonna put like of as many as I can fit I'm gonna put an octave <laughs> I'm gonna put 12 and I'm gonna draw a picture of this it was three it was the three-story building made into a, 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 a. but it looked like this drum set but up another whole story and so I drew that out and I and I and you know Eric was there and I show one of the other guys I'm like hey come on over here for a minute this is the new drum set I'm thinking of you know for the next tour and you know we're gonna need um, I think we're gonna need like um, two hundred cables and we're gonna need a in wireless system. In his head, he's system. imagining
1: taking this yeah. apart and putting <clears throat> it together every
2: yeah. day. Oh no no! Oh, Eric was in on it. We oh, we were okay. telling someone else in the like one of the a couple of the audio crew guys and someone else that we look at them together like hey here's a new kit and they're like looking like. What? And I was, you know me. I can't keep a straight face, and I can't tell a joke. For me to be funny, it has to be real life. But I was able to keep a straight face. and go, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll email this around, and I emailed it, and I like didn't get replies. You know, it was one of those <laughs> like. <clears throat> so it was a joke, and then finally we said, yeah, it's a joke. And they're like, oh my gosh, you know you've gave me a hot attack, or oh, yeah, I knew you were messing around or whatever. Um, but that so the, the so scene four saw that I put that on Instagram and they said, Can we make a piece of can we make a canvas out of this? I'm like, why not? And so the latest one is called what's it called supersymmetry kit, or I forget what Something I called like it that, yeah yeah, 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 uh, anyway, that that there's links
1: to everything so, that we're talking yeah. about. Your books, yeah. your store, this artwork, all of the links that we're talking about, including the AAF video, are all linked in the description of the podcast and the show notes. So, oh, great! To make it super easy for people to find all oh, the stuff great. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I'm I'm still no good at that. It's like Mike, you gotta put the you gotta put the link in your bio on Instaface. I'm like I still call it Instaface, like Bill Belichick. Yeah. Because <laughs> Bill Bill Belichick hates social media. He doesn't on there. He's like I don't go on Instaface. I remember a post game yeah. thing. He Snapchat and Insta. (laughs) he's priceless so now i just call it all insta face uh, because i'm not you know i'm like oh my gosh i gotta do this social media thing too so (laughs) so all
1: of the thought that goes into these angles and all of this math and all of it the the last thing i wanted to talk about is that when you're designing these drums right and you're setting up how you hang everything and all of how your body's gonna move at the end of the day it's the sticks in your hand right and yeah. and you and and the sticks in your hand while there is a lot of work that goes into the shape the 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 weight like all of those things they're pieces of wood what mm-hmm. kind of wood is it
2: wood ball, oh it's pine i believe it's pine is it pine oh hickory what am i what is wrong with me i can't even believe i just said that chad <laughs> from VEDA is going to Oh, my, Alan's going to call, I'm going to get the phone call, like, Mike, what are you kidding me? Like, uh, look at my, my headphones, we've been doing this for a while, my headphones yeah, thrown. I need food. Good. So you have uh, so these, uh, it's, it's, so it's Hickory. It's Hickory, and I got them right here, Select Hickory, Wicked, McGee named it, Wicked Piston. <laughs> See the Pistons? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he came they up made, with 11, you know he made, gave me wait, 11 other them? names? Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, do you know that he gave me 11 other names, that I can't mention... McGee, you yeah. know that, right? Did, I, did we clue you? In? Oh, you couldn't hear me. You didn't have your headphones. No, no, no. Did I didn't... You, do, do you know that McGee gave me 11 other names? I think he gave me a dozen other names for the sick. Can you imagine what he sent me for Oh, names? I'm sure.
1: And they settled yeah. on Wicked Piston.
2: Well, I had to settle on the only one that was uh, appropriate to say. I'm like, McGee.
1: So the guys, from, I say- <laughs> the guys from Vader years ago, because I, I know Chad and all those guys as well, And they made me, um, even though I can't play the drums, they made me my own.
2: Not yet. Let me see. Oh, gosh. They made me the bitch. I have bitch sticks. uh, All right. We can say that. You can say whatever you want to say. It's it's, it's, it's the internet. Well, you know. But
1: look, and it's a caricature of me
2: i know and i they, see it and they
1: called these sticks the <laughs> mistress carrie bitch sticks oh the my bitch
2: gosh. mistress yeah, just so kidding.
1: i'll never be able to play the drums but i can say that i have mm-hmm. my own drumsticks which is pretty no, cool I'll
2: never say never i mean i i could give you a lesson and you'd, you'd be playing in less than five minutes because you know how i would do it i would have you look at your limbs and i and not count anything not say anything you wouldn't talk numbers math rhythm nothing like that i would just say would you look look at this look at your hand and look at your foot and say both and hit both. And you would just do that. Or you say right, both. So you say, or hand, right side, hand, right side, or right hand, both hands, right hand, both hands. You would be doing it in a second. I used to pull mothers up on stage at my drum clinic. There were kids, I'd say, does anyone have their mother here? Who were mothers <sighs> in the crowd? I really did. I did this at, at, uh, at Daddy's Junkie all the time. Um, and I was like, would you, you never played the drums. Could, would you come up and remember this thing that I played? I would ask them to try to play it. And, you know, they couldn't do it. And then I'd say, I'm going to say some words to you. And I guarantee you, or I'll give you this and give you that. You will get it the first time. The first time. And I just said, look at your feet, say the word both and just stomp both of them down. And they said, okay, both. Say the word right. And look at your right foot. All right, right. I'd say both. Then South, say left. And I'm like, you just did it. But you didn't know that you did it because you were thinking in the language that your brain needs you to think in and not in the language you think you need to. So, Carrie, what you think you need to do to play the drums, you don't need to. This is what you need to do, and you'll be able to do it if you really want to. So, I just want you to know that.
1: Mind blown. Yeah. To what level? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know. Well, if you're doing it for fun. Yeah. But for people listening to this, maybe they're, you know, locked down at home and they got a little space mm-hmm. in the house and they've always wanted to try and play the drums and maybe this is the time to mm-hmm. do it.
2: There you go. Maybe I should do some uh, ultimate, like, ultra beginner classes online. And I just, think you totally
1: should. You because know, the way you just explained it to me made people, me think, like, you know. I could actually play the drums.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you would be able to. Yeah. So so you have the link to the store because the store is up. And I, I have limited stuff. I have so many drum heads. I have the actual drumsticks sticks from, from, from uh, two albums here. I, I have some other ones in another place I got to get. But I got the sticks from the last album here. And from the uh, self-titled, I have the rest of the Rhythm Knowledge books. There aren't that many of those left. I've got, uh, I don't know, magazines. How many know, pairs of sticks do you I go through in a show? DVDs two uh two pair Really? That's it? Well, Vader makes good drumsticks.
1: Obviously.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I use one. I don't even have to switch. I just do because just to keep a fresh pair for the second set cuz we usually play two sets. So, I have a pair for the first. I often uh I may have may have broken I don't even know. Three sticks in 5 or 6 years. Wow. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I'm really hitting, don't get me wrong, but but at, at, at some point, um, you know, the speed reduces, reduces power. I mean, it's not like just two, four bang out music, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. You've, you've got the links, you've got the shop.
1: Yeah, we got everything.
2: I got zoom classes booked for a week from today for uh drummers that want to learn uh hands and feet and to do rolls and rudiments it's gonna be fun and what else i have the cameo the cameo's been wild
1: dude i make cameo videos too aren't they fun
2: yeah yeah i've been having a good time and with
1: valentine's day coming up yeah yeah what how do you tell the one you love that you love them we're, I am we're better you? than a, we're better than a hallmark card.
2: Yeah, we're way better than hallmark.
1: <laughs> yeah, those videos are really fun.
2: Uh, a, I got that. I did a on, baby cause... gender reveal
1: video, which was really cool. That they wanted a they wanted a way yeah. online in the middle of the virus to kind of tell their friends and family what they were having, so they had me make the video for them. It was cool.
2: Wow, yeah, that's it's cool stuff. There you go, and that's and as you wrote me. To, to do this whole thing. It's like, well, what are we doing now that, you know, I'm not touring. Well, OK, I got it all fired up now. I'm getting the, my last thing will be to get the video subscriptions because I know that's what people really, really want the most. They can't make a Zoom class. You just go subscribe for less loot. Look at it, uh, you know, as much as you want or for the period that you rent it. And my courses will go up. Um Pretty soon, they' just I need them to be right, you know. Yeah. So I, I want to make another one and get it ready. So anyway, that'll be coming. The, the cameo. Uh, What's the, the timeline
1: on the record? And, Everybody's gonna be mad at me if oh I. Oh yeah, I want to know about
2: that. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be released in September. Okay. What's happening is that I'm finished my drum tracks, but, um, now the guitar and bass uh, might be done as well. Um. Keyboards will be done if not already. I don't even know actually. It's just like we get together, write this insane amount of material in the shortest amount of time, record it and go home, <laughs> you know, just like okay. Um, although, although this time I did spend, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a number of weeks to compose it. And then do the drum tracks like I did because I'm traveling. I didn't want to go back and forth because I'm quarantined. You yeah. know, in 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 the hotel there's no maids anymore, and um, and I'm quarantined in the place. We have like a separate room, so I'm just alone the whole time. You're in time. the bubble. I'm in that bubble. But um, bottom line is that um, it will be out in September. It uh, those mechanisms uh, of it, uh, instruments are being finished, and then you know we'll have to deal with. Um, Uh, lyrics and and vocals, stuff like that, and then it has to get mixed, which is being mixed along the way anyway this time, because we have our, our own facility now. And so all us, you know, we got the. Do stuff you guys stored. name the
1: facility. Does the Dream <clears throat> Theater facility have a name? Like my it's studio no, is MCHQ.
2: Uh, it's this is H. It's ours is HQ. We just call it headquarters. Oh, there you go. DT headquarters, and it's in a, it's in a remote location on another planet. <laughs> it's on the planet of Sunev. It's
1: like it's like Norad. It's like a hollowed yeah. out mountainside in Idaho. There it is.
2: It's got more gear than any twelve band should be allowed to have, Um, and you know we've got everything. You know it's 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 beautifully done. So anyway, it'll be out in September, and uh, and then hopefully, depending
1: on what's happening with the world, you guys will hopefully be able to release the record and be able to tour, so we can all experience it in person.
2: Yeah, well, we're scheduled to play Rock and Rio in September, so who knows? Fingers crossed. Yeah, who knows? So fingers that's it on crossed. That. What else Carrie? this? It was stuff so good this? to catch up oh, with you. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a very—I can't believe it's been almost a year since AAF went off the air, and yeah. that all of this crazy work that I've been doing, you know behind the scenes, you know, getting the studio built and getting the podcast and the graphics and the website, just like with you, it's like, it takes a lot of work to get all of the back-end stuff done.
2: And now
1: to be able to talk to people like you and to be able to hear, just getting the podcast up and getting all of the musicians and all of the people in the industry that I've known over the years to just be so um, excited about this new venture that i'm doing and to want to participate in it means a lot so i appreciate the fact that you wanted to come on and it's really cool Oh, you're Thank welcome you know
2: it'll, it'll be it'll be nice it works both ways i mean when my uh when i can talk about what i did with my solo record which i can't do i just mentioned that i've done yeah up the bulk of it but stuff like that we can yeah come back anytime yeah but I, re, I did it here you know it's amazing. So same. same maybe point. I mean, maybe next time you come here. on
1: the podcast, we can do it in yeah. person. Oh,
2: <gasps> that would be amazing. Wouldn't, Wouldn't that it? be crazy? We'd be I'll in the stop same it. room. I'll stop at Mama Mia's and get oh. us some. Get us some good stuff to now eat. Now you're talking about it. Now <laughs> right. you're talking my language. Carrie, miss you. I miss you, love I miss you, you too. I love care. you
1: too. It was so great All to right. see you.
2: Great to see you too.
1: There he is, the one and only Mike Mangini. Cannot wait to hear the new Dream Theater record and uh, to get my hands on that solo record as well, which as soon as I have more details, I would definitely let you know. Don't forget about the custom playlist. I make one for every episode and it is linked in the show notes of this podcast, along with all of Mike Mangini's links for his social media, his uh, the artwork we talked about, and even that video that he did playing the suitcase and the trash can lids in the WAF studio, that's linked as well. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to click subscribe so you don't miss anything on the Mistress Carrie podcast. Full length episodes come out every Wednesday, plus Monday through Friday, you get the sit rep, which is all of your rock news, music headlines, and industry info in less than five minutes. And if you don't mind giving me a five-star review and leave me a comment so I know what you thought. Huge thanks once again to Digital Federal Credit Union at DCU.org and mistresscarry.com for sponsoring this week's episode. A quick reminder that Valentine's Day is coming up and you can get a custom Mistress Carrie cameo video made for the one you love. And meet me for a drink every Tuesday night at 8.30 live on my Facebook page for Cocktails in the War Room.